What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Guys, real quick before we begin, I want to quickly tell you about my new coaching program, Elite Property Foundations. It's officially launched as of the 1st of June, and it is now alive and kicking with members. If you are a novice property investor or you would like to be a property investor, this is the program for you. I guarantee it's going to take you from feeling nervous about what you're doing to being both highly knowledgeable and confident in your decisions. There's a load of features and benefits, so you should definitely check it out. I'm gonna leave a link in the show notes below. That's all, I hope to see you inside. Now let's get on with the show. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode. And today I'm gonna give you a very brief update and a couple of things, and then I'm gonna get into the question around how is climate change going to pose a risk to you as a property investor? Um, so first of all, let's just get into the couple of things. It's been a super busy couple of weeks and a couple of updates. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the month, I was doing this uh, talk in London where for a guy called Greg Wilkes. I've actually asked Greg to come on the podcast. So I'll have an interview with Greg in a couple of weeks. Um, but his event in London was a great event and it was followed the, uh, the following weekend I organized my own property investment uh, event. And it was out at the airport hotel, the Carlton Hotel. And quite a few of you came along to it. And uh, Mary Conway was our guest speaker. And you would have heard Mary in last week's episode of this podcast. She is the head of the Irish Property Owners Association. So the I, sorry for the noise. That's the bus going by my window. Uh, the IPOA the Irish Property Owners Association. So then just last Friday, and it's funny how these things sort of serendipity, I had uh, I had to fly over to Edinburgh and I was over there at, as a guest of Edinburgh Construction. And Charlie Fitzgibbon, who I met at Greg's event, had asked me to come and do a presentation to his company on uh, risk and resilience and all of that kind of stuff. So it was a great event, really enjoyed being over there. And so thanks to Charlie and his team for the warm welcome. Now, all the while that this has been going on, I have been working day and night moving into my new home. And anyone who's moved house will have some idea what I'm going through at the moment. It is just so much work because you bring over, everything is boxed up. You bring over all this furniture and then you start to realize, oh, well, this furniture that, you know, fitted in that house doesn't fit in this house. So now we're into getting rid of furniture, um, getting it boxed up and, and, and sent away and getting people to come and collect it and all that kind of stuff. So quite a bit of work. And those of you who are following me on social media might have seen that I've actually been getting out and enjoying some of the uh, nice runs in the area. And so... Um, I live in Shank Hill now um, in that development that I've been working on for the last couple of years. And it's four kilometers to the 
to the to the top of the lead mines, which is this chimney up on the mountains that um, that you can see. But four kilometers, it's so close. It's just it's just fantastic. And uh, so I've been really enjoying that. And on the topic, uh, I'm going to bring this around to actually, you know, connect it all together with this talk today, because on the topic of my new home, I have I have my new home BE or certificate here. And I'm really pleased uh, to announce, well, not to announce, but just to, to let you know that my the energy rating uh, the ener- the building energy rating for my new home it has come in at A1, which is the highest possible rating you can have for a home. And I'm not doing I'm not saying that to brag at all in any shape or form. I'm just what I'm saying is that it's great that this is happening. Uh, it's great that I've got this, first of all, because there's all of these benefits. First of all, I, you know, I do follow what's happening with the climate and everything like that. And anyone who's watching the news at the moment, if, if, if it's not record levels of rainfall, then it is, you know, records being set for the hottest summer on record. And, you know, in Athens and in various parts of Europe and stuff, they're, they're experiencing really, really serious temperatures. And what's really, I mean, absolutely shocking, I just found out there today that in Florida, I know Florida, my brother lives in Florida. In Florida, the temperature of the ocean, this is the Atlantic Ocean at Miami now, is 88 degrees Fahrenheit. And those of you, you know, if you want to convert that into Celsius, that's 31 degrees Celsius. That's the water temperature of the ocean. And that is the Atlantic Ocean. If you go around to the west coast of Florida, where it's much more sheltered, the temperature is actually 91 degrees, which is 32 degrees centigrade. Now, just to give you an idea, you might, you know, you might be trying to wondering, well, what's that like? That is effectively like getting into a bath, okay? It is, the water is so warm. The maximum temperature for a hot tub, like this is according to the manufacturers, they say that the maximum temperature that a hot tub should ever go to is 40 degrees, because above that level, people are at risk of getting heat stroke. And here you have the sea water temperature is 32 degrees, it's just a few degrees below that. So it's absolutely incredible. And of course, you know, the weather is driven by the seawater temperature. And so you can probably expect the most horrendous hurricane season this year for the first time. This is all connected to El Nino and things like that. But look, this is a property investor talk, not a weather talk. So I'm gonna move on. But what I will say is it's all connected to tonight's talk because bringing it back to Ireland and bringing it back to you know the fact that if you live in the UK, if you live in Ireland, you might be forgiven for thinking that there is not really a great deal of risk with climate change and stuff. And especially if you're a property investor, like you're just going to go and buy your property and get on with it. But that would be, I think, a a kind of a, a mistake, okay, to overlook the potential risks that climate change could pose for you as an investor. So that's what we're going to get into today. And it's going to begin with energy ratings and Uh, Like, I'm based in Ireland here, so the first thing I can read is I've got my own energy rating cert here. And, you know, it tells me that I've got an A1. 
But what it also has, it has an, an advisory report that comes along with it. And in this report, it tells me, you know, various upgrades that I could do to the house to improve it. And there's almost nothing I can do to improve. In fact, there is one small thing. It tells me that if I was to replace the double glazed windows with triple glazed windows, I would move from a 72% efficiency to 75% efficiency around heat loss uh, from the windows. And so whatever about the technical details, that's the BE or ear in Ireland, the building energy rating system. Now, if you're in the UK, it is exactly the same system, except it's called the energy performance certificate. So the EPC is what you have in the UK to the BE or that we have here in Ireland. Both do the exact same. Both measure the performance of the energy of your home, the um, how, you know, how much energy is lost through the fabric of the building and how much you have to use in heating the, you know, through various components. So you have a, a heating system, you have to have it on all day in order to heat because the water um, and the, the central heating and all that, that is going, you know, the heat is just evaporating, going out through the walls, going out through the windows, going out through the letterbox, the fireplace, all of that kind of stuff. And as I mentioned, mine is A1. The lowest rating that you can get is a G. And G would be the kind of rating that you might expect to get if you're living in an old Georgian house where they don't have any insulation. They have big, thick walls and then they have big, huge sash windows that are single glazed. There's no insulation at all. They are very beautiful houses to look at and the sizes of them and you know, the high ceilings. And they're, you know, they're very grand. And I, I've owned Georgian houses in the past. So I know what they're like. And I actually played with the idea of turning it into a family home. But um, nowadays, I think that would be out of the question. And I'm going to explain why. Now, if you were going and looking at the UK system, it's exactly the same. It goes from A to G as well, except this, there's a small nuance in the difference between the Irish and the English system. The Irish system, we go, the top level is A1, slightly below that is A2, slightly below that is A3. Then you go to B1 and it goes downwards. Now, the UK had the same kind of system. It had A++++. And then below that slightly was A plus plus and so on and so on as you go down. That has now been replaced with just a plain old A, B, C, D. So they've done away with the three levels of A and the three levels of B. They've just grouped it as A, B, C and so on. So why is it important to know what your BE or, or your EPC is at the moment? If you don't know, I'm sure you're actually in the majority. A lot of people out there pay no attention to this kind of thing. But I do think as these, as climate change comes about, um, uh, you know, as people are seeing these extreme weather events taking place, all of this, uh, you know, hugely, um, you know, new records being broken, ice caps melting, highest temperatures ever recorded, all of that kind of stuff. I think there's a chance that governments will start paying attention to this and perhaps start bringing forward their plans. But what the plans are at the moment, in the UK in 2020, they introduced a rule where, uh, in the UK in December 2020, they introduced this rule that all houses 
that are on the rental market must have an energy performance certificate rating of E or higher before it can be rented. And so if you're an F or a G rating, you're not going to be automatically allowed to rent out your property. You're going to have to actually apply for permission from, I guess it's the local authority or whatever. Now, that is all fine and well, you might be thinking, um, but by 2028, which is just a short five years away, a very short five years away, you're going to actually have those, uh, re- you know, those standards are going to be increased. And so if you want to rent your property in the UK, your EPC will have to be uh, a rating of C or higher. So that's C, B or A are the only ratings that will be allowed to be rented. Anything below that will not. And so you'll have to go and apply for permission again if you have a D or an E or an F or a G. Now, you might kind of think to yourself, well, look, at the moment, there's a housing crisis. Nobody's going to dare do all of this. But the housing crisis is, you know, that that's a temporary issue that we have. And, and certainly it's, a, you know, a lot of people are very vocal about it. But Climate change is another threat on the horizon. And I think that is going to start coming into, um, you know, there's going to be international pressure to do more around this. And so I think the fact is, uh, at the the moment, the UK 2028 is the date. Ireland at the moment has no such restrictions. And so we have to think, how how are we going to be affected by this? Is it possible that they will bring in this uh, this kind of rule for us as well. I personally think it is a dead set guarantee that they're going to do this. Now, they probably do something very similar. It'll probably be E is the minimum, but by 2028, C will be the minimum. And it's, you know, there, there's absolutely no doubt. It's just a matter of time. And really what this all boils down to, and you know yourself, politicians they're going to choose to do this at a time that does the least political damage to their prospects. And so I think there's a good chance that they're not going to do this before a general election because you'll have a lot of people out there saying, I can't afford this and, and that kind of thing. So you, we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But if you happen to own an old house that you picked up at a good price and you're getting a great yield from your property, that is, I think you should definitely be putting aside money for the retrofitting of that property in the near future. And you might sort of say to yourself, oh, you know, this, this money is going into buying other properties and all that. That's all fine and well, but you will have to do these upgrades at some point in the future. So you better be building a, a fund for this. Now, there are grants and stuff, but those grants are only going to cover a certain amount. Now, if you're a G or an F in the rating, you're going to find that at some point in the future, I think the government could start to introduce, uh, you know, at the moment, the grants are like an incentive. So they're like the carrot dangling in your face and you go and you, you know, you take the grant and you go and put your own money and you do up the property. But there's a point when governments want to make change and they want to bring about, you know, force change. And that's when they start saying things like, right, you cannot rent your property until you have this. And that's how they introduce the stick. So you've got the carrot of the grant, but you've also got the stick that unless you do this voluntarily, you're not allowed to rent your property now. And so 
That is, I think there's a very strong chance of this happening. I don't think that this is just me coming up with sort of theories and stuff like that. I actually think this is what's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And so the question is, are you prepared for it? Because at the moment you bought a property, you're paying rent or you're getting rent on that property, but from that rent, you got to pay the mortgage. And what's left is your profit. You pay tax on that and what's left of that, are you putting that aside or are you using that as, you know, the little bit of extra funds in your pocket that you can live uh, and enjoy life with? If that's the case, I can completely understand, but it does pose an investment risk. You have to look at this and think to yourself, at some point in the future, I'm going to have to put my hand in my pocket and I'm going to go and I'm going to apply for those grants, but the grants are based on a qualifying amount and they will only pay out so much to get the stuff installed and to do the upgrade. You'll have to put in, you know, probably match 50% of the cost. And so this is not free money. This is going to be something that you have to match. And if you're a person who is just scraping by like your, your, the mortgage that you're paying and the tax that you pay on top of the mortgage, you've got to be careful that you're leaving money aside for this retrofit because at some point you're going to have to do it. Now, how do you actually do up a property? How do you improve the BEOR or the EPC? Um, and what's interesting is it actually, it, it tells you in the advisory report that you get and it, it points out the areas where the measurements are done. And so, first of all, the roof. The roof is insulated with, you know, so, so much thickness of insulation. And that gives you a certain amount of a BEOR. If you go into older houses, the insulation can be quite poor uh, or, you know, quite thin or flimsy. And, you know, the thicker and the heavier it is, the better it is. Then the walls. Now, this is very difficult to do retrospectively because obviously the walls are built and the insulation was supposed to be put in between the outer leaf of the wall and the inner leaf of the wall. And in if you go back, I can remember as an architect when I was designing houses and stuff like that, you had the outer leaf of, of blockwork and you had the inner leaf of blockwork and the sandwich in between was 50 mil of insulation. Today, that was polystyrene board. Today, that insulation is now 175 mil and it is real dense insulation. If you follow me on TikTok, you would have seen me holding up some of this stuff on the site when the houses were being built. The next thing is windows. Now, as I mentioned earlier, they, the recommendation here is to go for triple glazed windows. As it happens, we put in double glazed windows. We put in very high quality windows, but obviously if you want to go and go the extra mile, you can get triple glazed windows. And it would take my home from a rating, uh, well, if, it would still be an A1. It's not going to go any higher, but it does mention that there is this small, uh, what does it they say? They say that the the value, the 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 re renewable energy ratio, the or E or also it's based on renewables. And it said that it would go from 72% to 75%. Uh, so that's interesting. That's what just the introduction of double glazing would have done. So interesting. Uh, anyway, 
Leaving that aside, the next thing is floors. Now, obviously, you move into uh, an, uh, or you buy an existing house and the floors are what they are. You're not going to dig up your floors and put down insulation. But the houses that we put in, we put lots and lots of insulation into those floors. If I can remember correctly, it was 175 mil as well. And that goes in on top of a whole load of, you know, core, uh, hardcore and then there's concrete on top of that. And so it's obviously impossible to do that retrospectively with an old house. And so you're looking at not being able to do anything. That's why older houses are going to be limited in how much of an improvement you can make. The next is heating systems. So space heating. Now, the new house that I have has got what's known as an air to water heat pump. And what it is, is there's an outside a chiller unit and basically it works like a reverse air conditioner it basically takes the air temperature brings it in and it uses it, it reverses it and it basically heats up now that's my uh, <laughs> garbled version of the technology that's kind of going on but basically there is it's electrical system but it takes the heat from the air and it basically takes the heat and puts it into the water and the water then is used to heat up the system. The benefits of it is that, like, I haven't got the heating system on in my house. And yet this morning I had the most incredible warm shower. And I was actually testing just how much hot water have I got without the heating system being switched on at all. And the house is a constant temperature. But I had like about a 20 minute shower and it was still hot when I decided that, OK, I've tested it enough. It just keeps on coming. The next is the water heating, obviously, and that's what I've just mentioned. You don't actually have to go and turn on an immersion heater or any of that kind of stuff. And then finally, renewables. There's actually uh, photovoltaic cells, PV cells, that is the solar panels on the roof of the house. And they are taking energy from the sun and they're converting it into electrical energy. So it means that it's able to constantly heat my water even though I'm not using any electricity from the grid to do that. So it's great. By the way, I thought I would mention, if you are interested in PV cells, one of my uh, coaching clients, Monica, herself and her husband have set up futureproofenergy.ie and they actually go and they do installations. Um, so if you're in Ireland, you might be interested in just checking that out, futureproofenergy.ie. And they, you know, they help you with the grants and they help you with all that and they install the PV cells on your roof. Now, on that topic, there is what's known as, here in Ireland anyway, there is a thing called the National Residential Retrofit Plan. And this is a major undertaking from the government. Um, the question is whether it's going to be possible to do, but as part of their promises to achieve the level of carbon emission reduction in, in, the, in Ireland by 2030. What they are aiming to do is to complete the retrofit of 500,000 homes. And they're going to take them all from whatever level they're at up to a B2 BE or rating. That's the equivalent of a B in, in EPC terms. And that is all going to happen by 2030. And that is, like, that's a huge amount of work. And I think I've, I've seen estimates that the cost of doing this is projected to be something like 8 billion euro and the uh, and that includes the installation of more than 400,000 
heat pumps, the things that I've just mentioned, the, the air to, to water system that I have, 400,000 heat pumps by 2030. Now, if anything, that is a major, major business opportunity. And, uh, you know, for anybody who is an, electri- an electrician or a plumber or anything like that, that is going to be a massive opportunity for you. Obviously, there's the PV cells that Monica and her husband are going after. But um, there's all these opportunities out there. But for you and me as property investors, we are looking at this from the point of view of a capital outlay. And we have got a cost here that we have got to, you know, we've got to fund these improvements that we're making. So the grants will only take you so far. So if you're looking at this, you are looking at making an investment in your property and the investment it could be sizable depending on the level that you're at if you want to improve the you know you can obviously insulate your roof you can but like replacing windows um, bringing them up to double glazed or triple glazed insulating your home uh, if you've got an old house the only way that you can apply insulation to the walls is by basically reducing the size of your room because what you're doing is you're applying the insulation to the inside wall of the house. Now, I've actually done that in a house and, you know, it's basically, you know, it's not going to be to the same level. The 175 mil that went into my home, I mean, the walls are really thick and the windowsills, you notice it at the windows because the windowsills are, you know, very, very sizable windowsills. They're probably, you know, a foot thick. Um, and so that's one of the ways to look at it. Would you want to reduce your the room size by you know a foot uh, between one wall on one side of the room and another wall on the other side of the room? If it's an external wall, would you want to actually come in that far so that you're actually reducing the square footage of your house? It may be well worth doing because the cost of heating your home and all that, but you're also looking at the systems themselves gas-fired central heating systems, which most people have, oil-fired central heating systems, which are the older systems that a lot of people would have, all of these systems are outlawed now. You will not be allowed to put those in any longer. They're not for sale any longer and all of this stuff. So it means that if you want to upgrade your house, you have to consider the installation of one of these heat pumps. if you want to be able to make your house cheaper to, you know, to, few, to, to, to pay for the energy uh, to heat it and stuff. If you're trying to rent out your property and it costs, you know, a tenant 300, 400 a month to heat the place. Whereas if you moved into a B rated or an A rated house, it costs you, you know, 75 a month. That's a massive difference. That's like effectively increasing your rent voluntarily. And so a lot of people will start aiming for better EPCs, better BEORs. And so I do think this does start to become a, an investment risk. Um, so think about that. Think about are you collecting enough rent uh, when you pay out your mortgage and you know your profit that's left over after you've paid tax and stuff? Is there enough there for you to start putting aside money to build up a fund to fund these? Because if you don't do it, you are going to find that the these rules come into place and you will be told, sorry, you can't rent your property unless it is 
an E or unless it is a C or whatever it might be. Um, and so then you can't actually collect any rent. So it's time to start saving up for these things. Um, by the way, that is a good plug moment for a plug of my program. If you want to know how to minimize those payments that you're making, um, uh, like, you know, you've got your mortgage, you've got your profit rent, all this kind of stuff. This is just something that you might be thinking about. You might be thinking, mm, maybe I'd like a few pointers on how to do that efficiently. So have a look and check out in my sh in the show notes below uh, my course that I have. Um, if you don't put those funds aside and the retrofitting uh, continues, you're going to probably find that your property becomes what's known as stranded. And that is something that I'm seeing in the office sector, the commercial office sector now. There are buildings that are being deemed, they're being called stranded assets. And the reason they're being called stranded assets is because the rent that you're collecting is not sufficient to fund the work that needs to be done to make the improvements. And so you're in this kind of strange place where if you don't make the investment, you won't get any rent. If you don't uh, make the investment, the property falls in value to zero. And so you're, nobody wants to buy it. You're unable to sell it. And so what is that going to do? In addition to that, you have to be thinking about the refinancing of your loans that you have on property. Now, if you've got a long mortgage, then obviously it's a different story. But if your mortgage is you know, only has a couple of years left, or if you plan to refinance and, you know, kind of take out another loan at any point in the near future, bear in mind that the banks are also looking at 2030 and they're looking at their loan books and they're wondering, should we have property on our books that are below a certain energy rating? And they're going to start pushing you away if you have a house or property that is not ticking those boxes. And we're seeing it with our own portfolios. We're seeing that the banks are very conscious of the fact that not so much today, but when it comes to renewing the loan, will those buildings be of a higher rating? And so they're expecting investment to be made in the property. And if you don't make that investment in the property between now and then, then they may not refinance your loan when it comes around. And so all of this, in my opinion, represents at least an element of risk. Uh, I just think that when you're an investor, you've got to look at all of the risks. You've got to weigh up what is the probability of the risk, and you've got to think about here's the reward, here's the risk. Somewhere in between is where I want to be. I want to be somewhere between. I don't want to be all risk averse. I don't want to be all reward focused. I want to be somewhere in the middle where I can kind of think, okay, this is a risk, it's on the radar, I'm aware of it, I know that if I put money aside, I can start to mitigate that risk. But it's definitely something that needs to be on your radar. Guys, I hope you found this one useful. If you did, please leave a comment or you know, just send me a message, let me know if you found it useful. If there are any other ideas or suggestions or topics that you'd like me to cover, please do let me know. Until next week, take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group. 
that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the Join My Tribe thing over on the right-hand side. This will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter. All of these links are in the show notes below. That's all for now. I will see you guys in the next episode.